Hey listeners, if you have thought about joining the Nat Theo Club, now is the perfect time. We just released a brand new weekly resource for club members called Nat Theo Field Notes. Every Monday, you will receive a full color issue highlighting a creature or plant and what it teaches us about our Creator God. You'll also gain access to our full episode activity guides that go along with each podcast episode. Learn more and join at erinlinum.com slash natheo. Thanks for supporting the Nat Theo podcast and future episodes. Welcome to the Nat Theo Podcast, where we explore nature, the Bible, and what both of them show us about our Creator God, who made this wild and wonderful world. I'm your host, Erin Lynham. I'm a certified master naturalist, Bible teacher, and author. And I am so excited to explore God's Word and his created world with you. Have you ever heard an owl at night? Have you ever seen an owl? Owls are very fun to find and very challenging to find because they are mostly active at a certain time of day. Do you know when that is? Owls are mostly out right at dusk or when the sun is going down and throughout the night. Do you know what it is called when an animal is active at night? It's called nocturnal. Animals that are mostly active only at night are nocturnal animals. And it's often said that owls are nocturnal. And that is mostly true. But did you know that some owls are not nocturnal? There are a few owl species, including the burrowing owl and the northern pygmy owl, that are active during the day. In fact, last year I got to see a tiny northern pygmy owl for the first time and it was right in the middle of the day and he was sitting on a branch in a pine tree eating a vole that he had hunted. You know what is also often said about owls? That they are wise. Have you ever heard anyone say that owls are very wise? If you have read or listened to the story of Winnie the Pooh, Which character or animal is seen as being wise? It's owl. Owls have long been a symbol or a picture of wisdom. But is that true in nature? I was talking with my husband about why owls might be seen as wise, and he says it probably has something to do with their big eyes. It seems like with those huge eyes that they could see everything. So they must be really smart, right? But is being smart the same thing as being wise? We are going to explore that question on today's lesson. Here's our trail map. We are going to look at how does an owl's brain work? We will meet three other very smart birds. 
We'll look at the difference between being smart and being wise. And we'll answer the question, how can we be wise? But first, I have a trivia question for you. What kind of birds are the smartest birds? Take a guess and we will explore the answer at the end of today's episode. Before we get started, you can download and print a free bird brain coloring sheet to go along with today's episode at erinlinum.com slash natthio25 or at the link in today's show notes. You can also join the Nat Theo Club and receive a full episode activity guide to go along with this lesson. Although owls have long been thought of as wise, for a very long time, birds were thought of as not being very smart at all. This is because birds do not have something in their brains called a neocortex. Huh? The neocortex might sound like something that comes from another planet, but you have one. In our brains, the neocortex is the area where we do a whole lot of important thinking. It is where our thoughts are all gathered up and working together. Our neocortex also allows us to be aware of ourselves, to, well, know we are a real person. The neocortex is also where we do things like solve problems. The neocortex is also where we sort out our feelings or emotions, or where we figure out what we are sensing through our touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing. Basically, listener, the neocortex is where we figure out what's going on around us and what to do with that information. Can you think of some ways that you use your neocortex? Maybe for solving a math problem or figuring out what materials you need to build a fort. Or maybe to decide whether what you're eating is a warm chocolate chip cookie or a cold crispy carrot. You are using your neocortex right now to listen to my voice and figure out what I am saying. Well, you see, because birds do not have a neocortex, it was long believed that they could not think very well until scientists discovered something fascinating about how a bird's brain is designed. Birds have a different area of the brain called a pallium. The pallium is where a bird does its thinking. Now, we are going to dive a tad deeper into brains and get real sciencey here for a minute, so stick with me. Have you ever heard of a neuron? Neurons are nerve cells that send information all over our bodies and then back to our brains. God created neurons as a master communication system all throughout our bodies. Neurons allow us to breathe, talk, walk, basically everything that we do with our bodies. Do you remember where a bird does its thinking? Inside the pallium in its brain. Well, a bird pallium is absolutely full of neurons. It is an incredible communication system. You see, when we talk about brains, it's important to remember that having a bigger brain doesn't necessarily make you smarter. The same is true in the creature world. What really helps with being smarter or being able to process information quicker and better 
is the amount or density of neurons in the brain. So because birds have so many neurons in the pileum in their brain, they actually think very well. It ends up birds are very smart. So let's look at how owls can be very smart. I recently read a story about a man who trained wild owls to come to his whistle, and he was able to train them to do that in just one day. He would set out a mouse in an open area and whistle until a nearby owl came down to catch the mouse. The man repeated this process, setting out a mouse and whistling until the owl came. Pretty soon, the man did not need to set out a mouse, but only to whistle. The owl had connected the sound of his whistle to food. So even without a mouse present, the owl came to the sound of the man's whistle. How else are owls smart? Well, inside their pallium, remember that area where a bird does most of its thinking, is a part of the brain called the hippocampus. The hippocampus is where a bird thinks about location, direction, where they are, and where other things are. It's like a big old map in their brain. Many birds are expert navigators. They know how to find their way. In fact, we did an entire episode dedicated to bird navigation. You can listen to episode five, why and how birds migrate to learn more. So bird brains are designed to remember where things are. This is helpful when they are trying to go somewhere. It is also helpful for remembering where they put things. Have you ever lost a favorite toy or the TV remote or a water bottle? It's easy to misplace things and it happens often. But for some birds, if they misplaced things regularly, they could die. They have to remember where they put their food. So many birds do something called scatter hoarding. Scatter hoarding is when a bird finds food, such as bird seed, and stashes it away or hides it in many different places. Next, we are going to meet a bird who is very good at scatter hoarding. In fact, we're going to look at three very smart birds, beginning with our expert scatter hoarder, the Clark's Nutcracker. I learned about the Clark's Nutcracker a few years ago, and right away, I was fascinated by this bird. And on a recent hike, I finally got to see some in the woods. The Clark's Nutcracker is a gray and white bird and is around the same size as a blue jay. In fact, the Clark's Nutcracker is in the same bird family as the blue jay, and that family is called Corvidae, and it includes crows, ravens, jays, magpies, and nutcrackers. The Clark's Nutcracker is a very smart bird when it comes to finding things. He has an incredible memory. In the summer, the Clark's Nutcracker can hide thousands upon thousands of seeds, which he gets from ripping open pine cones, and he hides them in places called caches. Then in the winter, when he really needs those seeds, he can remember where almost all of them are. And don't worry about the very few seeds left behind. Those often end up planting new pine trees. So the Clark's Nutcracker is not only great at remembering, but also pretty good at planting new forests. 
Our second very smart bird comes from the same Corvidae family as the nutcrackers, and it is the crow. You have probably seen crows. They are large, shiny black birds, and they're very common to see. Crows have been proven to be incredibly smart. They can recognize and remember individual people. So if someone does something mean to them, like chases them off, they can remember that person and what they did. Crows can also solve puzzles. If you are using the Nat Theo Club activity guide, you can scan the QR code to watch a fun video with a crow conducting experiments and solving puzzles to figure out how to get a treat. It even seems that crows can understand complex or complicated social interactions like trading. In an experiment done in 2014, crows were given the opportunity to trade snacks. Researchers first figured out the favorite snacks of the crow and then attempted to trade with it. When the crows were offered a snack they did not like very much, they were willing to wait for a better trade or more desired snack. That sounds like a pretty smart bird to me. Let's look at one more very smart bird, the house sparrow. We learned about house sparrows and why they might have been Jesus's favorite bird on the very first episode of the Nat Theo podcast. House sparrows, like crows, are good problem solvers. But what I love about them is that it seems they solve problems better when they are in a group. If a group of house sparrows is trying to get some hard to access food, they might try different strategies. And once one house sparrow figures out a good solution, the other birds will learn from him and do the same. What a beautiful image of community. Like house sparrows, we work better together also. Have you ever tried to do a puzzle on your own and then others came to help? Or maybe you tried to solve a school problem on your own and it was very hard, but then someone else came along to help. Like house sparrows, we can solve problems better when we work together. Okay, we have seen how owls, Clark's nutcrackers, crows, and house sparrows are very smart. But our original question was, are owls wise? Is being smart the same thing as being wise? Think back to the owl who learned to come to a man's whistle to get food. That was actually a conditioned response. Animals can learn that if they do one thing or hear or see or sense one thing, then another thing will happen. Let me give you an example from my dog, Boreal. She knows that her dog treats are kept on the top of our refrigerator. And one day, as I went to the fridge to get some water in my drinking glass, I gave her a treat afterwards. Well, she learned very quickly that if I was at the refrigerator getting a drink of water, I might give her a treat. So now, every single time me or my husband or one of our kids goes and gets water from the refrigerator, Boreal runs over thinking she might get a treat. That is a conditioned response. But is being smart? the same as being wise. Not exactly. Being smart means we have knowledge. So what is the difference between knowledge and wisdom? 
Here are a couple definitions we can use. Knowledge is gathering facts. It is learning by gaining new understanding and through experiences. So when Boreal, my dog, runs to the refrigerator thinking she might get a treat, it's because she has gained that knowledge through experience. But wisdom is deeper. Wisdom is how we use our knowledge, what we do with all of those facts that we are gathering up. Listen to Proverbs 2.6. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The book of Proverbs, where this verse is found, was originally written in the Hebrew language. So let's look at the Hebrew words that were used for wisdom and knowledge and what they mean. Let's start with the Hebrew word for knowledge, da'at. It means to know, learn of, hear, or realize. Again, my dog Boreal realized that when I'm getting water and she hears that sound from the fridge, she might get a treat. Now let's look at the Hebrew word for wisdom, which is chokmah. It means to become or act wisely. Pay attention to that little word in there, act. Wisdom is what we do with our knowledge. So what does this mean? Knowledge is simply knowing. It is gathering up facts. Wisdom involves how we see things. So what we make of all of those facts we are gathering up. It involves sound judgment or to think critically, to really look at the facts and think clearly about what they might mean. So while animals, including birds, can be very smart, they do not have wisdom. Wisdom comes from God and is unique to humans. God made us very differently than animals when he gave us a soul, which is the deepest part of who we are and is eternal and lives forever. With our brains, which are an organ in our bodies, we can gather knowledge. But with our souls, we can gather wisdom. And God created our brains and our souls to work together in harmony beautifully using knowledge and wisdom together. Now, a man named King Solomon did, in the Bible, call four creatures wise. Listen to what he wrote in Proverbs 30, 24 to 28. There are four things on earth that are small, but they are very wise. Ants are not very strong, but they store up food in the summer. Rock badgers are not very powerful, but they can live among the rocks. Locusts have no king, but they all go forward in formation. Lizards can be caught in the hand, but they are often even in king's palaces. So listener, do you think Solomon was saying that animals do in fact have wisdom? Not necessarily. Let's look at two main reasons Solomon was probably not actually saying animals have wisdom. First is that Solomon was a poet, and second is that throughout the Old Testament, this Hebrew word for wisdom is used for humans, not animals. So first, Solomon was a poet. You see, books of the Bible were written in different ways. Some are history books detailing events. Some are letters to churches. Some are books of prophecy or sharing how God will act in the future. And some books are written as poetry 
including the book of Proverbs, where we find the wise ants, rock badgers, locusts, and lizards. Solomon was a creative writer. One technique I love using in my writing is called personification. Do you know what personification is? There is a hidden word inside that big word. Did you hear it? Person. Personification. Personification is when we write or talk about something that is not a person or a human and give it human qualities. Here are three examples of personification. The sun crawled across the sky. The flower danced in dawn's light. The river sang a melody. Does the sun crawl and do flowers dance? Does the river actually sing? Well, not technically, but we can think of them in those creative and beautiful ways. I believe King Solomon was using personification, writing about the smartness of ants and rock badgers, locusts and lizards, and giving them a human quality of wisdom. Solomon likely did this because he saw that these animals were very smart, like the birds that we looked at earlier. Other translations of verse 24 say these animals were exceedingly wise. So Solomon was comparing their smartness to the smartness of other animals that he saw. Simply put, he was saying that these animals were smarter than other animals. The second reason why Solomon was probably not actually saying animals are wise is because the Hebrew word used throughout the Old Testament refers to human wisdom. When we read and study the Bible, it's important to not look at one verse alone, or we might become confused. As students of the Bible, we should look at other related verses and become more familiar with the entire Bible and how it connects together. In this case, we can see that King Solomon did something very unique here by using the Hebrew word for wise with animals, which supports our idea that he was using personification or applying the human quality of wisdom to animals. Okay, so we have learned that wisdom is a unique quality that God gave to humans. But how can we get wisdom? How can we be wise? Well, there's good news. You are actually growing in wisdom right now by studying nature and gaining knowledge. And then pairing that knowledge with wisdom from God's word, you are becoming wiser. How can we get more wisdom? First, it's very important to remember that God wants you to be wise. Listen to James 1.5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Secondly, remember that wisdom is incredibly valuable. It is better to be rich in wisdom than to be rich in money. Proverbs 16, 16 says, it is better to get wisdom than gold and to choose understanding rather than silver. You see, listener, growing in wisdom is hard work, but it is always worth it. Third and finally, wisdom comes from God. That's why we can ask him for it. Remember Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
Wisdom comes from the very mouth of God. It is his words. And where do we find those words? In the Bible. Keep seeking wisdom from God's word. And when you gain knowledge, whether in school or by reading or by listening to podcasts like Nat Theo, pair that knowledge with wisdom. When you learn something new, always ask, what can this teach me about God and living for him? Okay, before we reveal the answer to today's trivia question, I want to say a prayer for you. This prayer comes straight out of the Bible. It was written by an incredible missionary named Paul, and he wrote this prayer for a church of believers in a city called Ephesus. Dear God, I remember these listeners in my prayers, asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they will know you better. Okay, do you remember our trivia question? What is the smartest bird? Well, we kind of gave away the answer in today's episode, but let's see if it is different than your original guess at the beginning of the lesson. First, smartness or intelligence is challenging to measure, but the smartest birds are most likely those in the Corvidae family that we talked about, like crows and jays and nutcrackers. And likely the smartest is the crow. Now it's your turn to explore God's wild and wonderful world. Go out into nature and find a creature doing something smart. Maybe it's a bird gathering seeds or a squirrel stashing away acorns. Maybe it's ants working together or rabbits using a den. Catch nature being smart and remember that in all of its smartness, Creation reflects a very smart and wise creator. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Nat Theo podcast. Oh, we are all-